One, Forever Alone is an ongoing story-based podcast as a work of fiction, created and narrated by Jay LaRock. You can find our podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 17 Floating in Dreams, Drowning in Nightmares The truth, Dr. Leaves? With all these false memories, mixed in with the real ones, how do I know what the truth is? In many cases, Timothy, people who suffer from delusions and hallucinations recall real events. However, they remember them differently than what actually happened. Your family and Christine visit you many times and it is possible you took those real events that occurred here and modified them. An example, you had a picnic on the grounds with Christine a few weeks ago. That was a real event, but you would believe that that event happened differently and perhaps in another location. He was right. I remembered having a picnic with Christine in Lincoln Park near the duck pond. She wanted to go to the zoo, but I told her I didn't want to be around people. That I barely wanted to be outside. I remember her just staring at me. It felt like forever. Her eyes were saying that she had lost me. I caused her so much pain, it's no wonder my mind would create a situation where she was going to leave me. So what happens now, doctor? If you're ready, we continue the treatment. We've made progress in the past, and with a few refinements, I believe we can get you back on the road to recovery. The key is that you are ready to accept the treatment and believe in the world that you are in right now. I was always told that I had a great mind, a mind that can think things through in many different ways simultaneously. It was the reason I was a gifted student and at the top of my class. I was also told that when part of you is too strong, that the rest of you could become weak. I believe that meant the body, so I kept physically fit, but I know now what they really meant. The flowers Christine brought me smelled so sweet. If the choice was between a world burning down around me and being trapped alone in it, or admitting that my emotions had led to a mental breakdown, then there was no choice. Doctor, I don't want to live like this, in here. I thought that I could, I was wrong. I want to get better. I'll do whatever it takes, if you can help me. You are helping yourself, Timothy. By accepting the truth and asking for help, 
you are already on your way to full recovery. He squeezed my hand and smiled. Normally in other times it would have... But it comforted me. Dr. Leaves took the chart from the nightstand. He stood and walked towards the door, then stopped and turned around. Christine arrived about an hour before you woke up. She has been waiting to see you. I am sorry I kept this from you until now, but I needed to know that your mental as well as your physical condition was up to a visit. I need to speak to Dr. Storm, and there will need to be some tests before we restart your treatment. For now, just rest, and I'll check back in on you later. He left, and it felt as if he took many of my burdens with him. I did not care that he had kept Christine's arrival from me. To know that she was there, that she had stuck with me, that was all that mattered. I felt a calmness I had not known for a long time. I was prepared to rethink everything, change who I was and who I wanted to be. I heard the door handle turn. My heart began to race and for the first time that I could remember, it felt wonderful. Any remaining doubt and uneasiness were burned away when Christine entered the room. I squeezed my hands together, quickly closing and then reopening my eyes. Seeing me, a look of relief and joy came over her face. Christine smiled. She rushed over to me, tears rolling down her face. Her smell was sweeter than the flowers. She wrapped her arms around me and held tightly. It was so warm, soft, and real. They wouldn't tell me much. I didn't know what happened to you. I was so worried. I did not want to let her go. To hold her there forever would have been fine by me. They say you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. I lived that. Fortunately, it was in my mind that I was given another chance. A chance to be who I should have been. I love you so much, Christine. And I'm so sorry. She pulled away, taking the warmth with her. Her eyes searched mine looking for the man she loved. She opened her mouth to speak. I pulled her back into my arms and pressed my lips against hers. I had seen, smelled, touched, and now tasted. Everything was as it should have been. I love you, Timothy. If nothing else, please know that. She held me tighter and took in a deep breath. Timothy, you said, I'm sorry. Sorry for what? This time it was I who let go. I felt shame for being the person that I had been in the past. Though I did not remember specifically what I had done, 
I knew I did not show her the love that she had shown me, the love she deserved. I hung my head. I did not want to look into her eyes. I did not believe I deserved to. I put everyone through so much. I didn't mean to cause you so much pain. Not over me. She grabbed hold of my chin, lifting my eyes to hers. You have nothing to be sorry for, Timothy. There have been times I felt I wouldn't make it. Everyone feels pain. That's why we have loved ones, to help take it away. That's why we are all here for you. And we always will be. I could tell that she did not know the extent of what had happened to me. Part of me wanted not to tell her, but that would be something I would have done in the past. I thought, I lost you. Lost everyone. As soon as I spoke those words, her smile disappeared. She cupped my face in her hands. The concern on her face was apparent. I felt horrible for taking her smile away. It happened again? You being all alone? All of this because of me. Because of the way I chose to handle certain things. The pain I brought to others because of my unwillingness to accept it myself. I did not even remember truly crying when my father died, but at that moment, I felt it. My emotions were at the brink, about to overflow. Then Christine's smile returned as she brushed her hand down my face. I'm here, and your mother and Ashley are on their way. We're not going away, Timothy. Never forget that. She pardoned me for all of my crimes I committed against her, but the jury in my mind was still out. I placed my feet on the floor and shivered as I felt its cold surface. Christine, I was so stupid. I felt Christine's finger glance across my back as I started to stand up from the bed. Her gasp called me back to her, but I needed to stand. I needed to think. I walked over to the window and stuck my face in a ray of sunshine. I looked out over the courtyard and fully understood where my train of thinking had brought me. I just wanted to look outside, Christine. I just needed to see that there were people out there. I know this is real and where I should be. I would have never made it in that other world. It's funny. You think because solitude can sometimes bring relief and even replenishment that you could easily survive in a world without people. But you can't. I was wrong. I do need others. I can't make it alone. Not by myself. Not without my family. Not without my friends. 
not without you. This time, I will get better. I know with you by my side, I can't... She was gone. In an instant, she was gone. I had only looked away for a moment, and in that moment, my nightmare had returned. My eyes searched the room a hundred times in a second. Terror was already wrapping itself around me, strangling me. Christine! I screamed. My scream bounced off the walls. I returned to the bedside. I fell to my knees, checking beneath it. I stood up quickly, and the room began to spin. I closed my eyes and tried to focus on that reality, to bring myself back to it. Please, God, no. This isn't real. This isn't real. I opened my eyes. The room was darker, the ray of sunlight gone. I rushed to the door, slamming my fist against it, screaming out in anger and fear. Help me! I ripped the door open and ran into a long hallway. The deafening echo of silence had returned. The hallway was only lit with emergency lighting. My eyes scanned over the nurse's station. It was devoid of life. It was not clear if I had crossed back over into the other world, or if I was still in reality, but my mind prevented my eyes from seeing. Please, if someone is there, help me. Don't leave me here. The whirling sound of the computer cooling fan coming from the nurse's station told me that they were on. My body began to grow weak. My life felt as if it was being drained from me. The grip, ever so slight as it had been on reality, was slipping away. The hospital staff were still there. I believed it with all of my being. I saw a fire extinguisher. It sat on the wall adjacent to the nurse's station. I took it off its hook and lifted it above my head. If I was disappearing, then I had to get their attention. I was running out of time. Using the last of my strength, I threw the fire extinguisher through the glass window surrounding the nurse's station. I was out of energy, even to stand. I fell to my knees. The window shattered, showering me with shards of glass. I fell onto my side and began to shake. I was bleeding from multiple cuts. Tears were flowing from my eyes, and I prayed I would die. My breathing was rapid, but my heartbeat was slowing. I rolled onto my back. I could not even focus on the ceiling above. Reality was spinning into darkness, taking me with it. I closed my eyes and gave one last desperate plea. Please, don't. Don't send me back. Not there. Please, just let me die. Next time, Chapter 18.